0: Welcome to the seventh episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast, a podcast for poetry lovers and students where I, your host, Aaron Bauer, read and discuss a poem, learn about the techniques the author used to write it, and finally offer some writing prompts to motivate your own writing journey. Today, we are going to read and discuss Going for Water by Robert Frost, which was published in a collection of poems titled A Boy's Will. Frost is known for avoiding much of the experimentation his modernist contemporary poet friends indulged in. At a time when free verse, that is poetry written without meter, was taking over American poetry, Frost wrote all his poems in meter. A quote that is widely attributed to Frost is, Writing a poem without meter is like playing tennis with the net down. Although I can't find the original source for this statement, um, so if any of you listeners know where he said that, please let me know. Frost often wrote about rural life particularly rural life in New England, and he used setting to explore philosophical and ethical concepts. Because his ideas are understated, his criticisms of modern life are often overlooked. Perhaps his best-known poem, The Road Not Taken, you know, the one that starts two roads diverged in a yellow wood, is much darker than most people give it credit for. But don't worry, I am not going to ruin that poem for you. We're talking about another one today. During his life, Frost received many awards and recognitions for his work. He was awarded four Pulitzer Prizes for Poetry and was named Poet Laureate of Vermont. To help demystify some of the ideas people have about poetry being complicated or hard to understand, I will be discussing one poetic device in each uh, podcast that an author uses in the poem we are reading. You might expect since frost was so insistent on using meter that we are going to be talking about meter today but for that topic you're going to need to hold on to the next episode before we can talk about meter we need to talk about the difference between stressed and unstressed syllables a syllable is the basic unit of sound that comes together to make words a word like together has three syllables to ge ther the difference between a stressed An unstressed syllable is the emphasis the speaker places on the syllable. That emphasis is generally measured in time that it takes to say that syllable and the tone the speaker uses when saying it. For example, the word read, spelled R-E-A-D, can be pronounced either read or read, depending on whether it is present tense or past tense. The read, pronunciation is a stressed syllable. The red pronunciation is an unstressed syllable. Read takes about twice the amount of time to say as read. Sometimes it isn't clear whether a syllable is stressed or unstressed, as the example I gave. In those cases, you can try to figure out whether a syllable is stressed or unstressed based on the syllables next to it. If the syllable that comes after the one you are confused about takes longer to say, then it does unstressed. For example, in today's poem, the word on is used as both a stressed and unstressed syllable. In the line, each laid on other a staying hand. The o in the first syllable of other has more emphasis than the word on. However, in the line, now drops that floated on the pool, the de-emphasized ed at the end of floated makes the word on feel stressed. This idea was the most confusing one to me when I started first exploring poetry because I thought that a stressed syllable was always stressed and an unstressed syllable was always unstressed, but that just isn't true. You have to look at the word in context of the line to determine whether it is stressed or unstressed. Now, you see why I wanted to talk about that before getting into meter? It's complicated enough as it is. Meter is a pattern of unstressed and stressed syllables that poets can use in their writing. So, stay tuned for an in-depth discussion of meter in the next episode. Now, let's read the poem. And as I read it, listen to the syllables of each word and try to hear how Frost uses them to create a sense of movement through the poem. Going for Water. The well was dry beside the door, and so we went with pail and can across the field behind the house to seek the brook if it still ran. Not loft to have an excuse to go, because the autumn eve was fair, though chill, because the fields were ours, and by the brook our woods were there. We ran as if to meet the moon that slowly dawned behind the trees, the barren boughs without the leaves, without the birds, without the breeze. But once within the wood we paused, like gnomes that hid us from the moon, ready to run to hiding new, with laughter when she found us soon. Each laid on other a staying hand, to listen ere we dared to look, And in the hush, we joined to make we heard, we knew we heard the brook. A note as from a single place, a slender tinkling fall that made now drops, that floated on the pool like pearls, and now a silver blade. I love how the childlike innocence of this poem and the soothing meter contrasts with that closing line, like pearls and now a silver blade. How smooth round pearls can morph into a silver blade before the speaker's eyes gives the reader an understanding of the ever-present beauty and danger we are presented with in life. The chore seems like an innocent task the speaker and his siblings are given, just something normal they do to help out around the house. However, the setting for this poem is much darker than that. They are going to get water from the stream because the well they used to get water from has dried up. The opening stanza reads... The well was dry beside the door, and so we went with pail and can across the fields behind the house to seek the brook if still it ran. There isn't even assurance that the brook they are going to will contain water. It might be hard for us to imagine how lack of access to water can be a huge source of fear for a child and a family. Just imagine if you were going to the kitchen for a drink and no water came from the faucet. This is a very scary idea. However, the speaker plays it off as nothing to worry about, saying in the beginning of the second stanza, Not loth to have excuse to go because the autumn eve was fair. Here, the speaker is saying something like, it's such a nice day, um, so I might as well go. This juxtaposition of dark situation with lightheartedness sets up for the reader the ending where the water itself can be beautiful and dangerous from one moment to the next. But still, we move on through our lives because there is joy in perseverance. On the Poetry Studio podcast, it isn't enough to enjoy and discuss a poem. We need to be inspired by it to create our own work. So here are some writing exercises inspired by going for water that you can work on. First, think of a chore you do or used to do as a child. Close your eyes and imagine yourself doing that chore. Describe your actions and surroundings in a poem. Second, think about the last time you were thirsty, really thirsty, and unable to get water. What were you thinking about? How did you finally get water? What did it feel like being without it? And finally, stand at the edge of a stream and watch the water. Try to describe its surface in as much detail as you can. If you or your child complete one of the writing prompts and would like for your writing to be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me the text or recording of you reading the poem and I will share it here. You can email your poem or recording of it to thepoetrystudio, all one word, at gmail.com. While I can't guarantee that everyone who sends something in will be featured, I love sharing poetry and will share as much of it as I can. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me at the same email, thepoetrystudio at gmail.com. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Poetry Studio Podcast. If you liked it, please give me a five-star review on iTunes and share it with your friends. If you can, please become a member of the Poetry Studio Podcast uh, by donating to my Patreon. Details can be found online at patreon.com slash poetrystudio. And also, if you are a, a member of the Poetry Studio Podcast, uh on patreon.com this month's bonus episode is the raven by edgar Allan poe i hope you enjoy it new episodes come out each week on wednesday with special bonus episodes and materials available to members written transcripts of episodes are available to members as well That's all the time we have for today. Uh, The music and audio effects included in this podcast are either performed by me or in the public domain. Going for Water was written by Robert Frost and is in the public domain. Happy writing and see you next week.